Welcome to the Celtics Rewind. I'm JP. And I am Nathan GM. What's up, y'all? Everybody, welcome to the debut episode of Celtics Rewind, where we'll be talking Boston Celtics. I'm JP. And I am Nathan GM. What's up, y'all? Yo, what is happening? What is happening, everybody? So this is our debut episode. So we're going to bring you coverage of the Boston Celtics this season, uh, whether it's injuries or games or just news that come out of nowhere in terms of Boston Celtics content. Uh, both Boston Celtic fans, I'm excited. Hey, it's about to be great. Absolutely. It's about to be great. No, it's definitely going to be great. Um, hell of a start to the season, you know, uh, right now. Yes. Um, and being 1-0 um, versus the Knicks, um, but the way they won is uh, what, what we should get into because it was definitely uh, different. There's a few few guys that did not shoot well. And um, there was a couple guys that went off and played very well off of each other. And I think this is a game that um, they would have lost the last two two seasons last year and the year before um, if it wasn't for uh, Tatum and AP. What, what do you think, JP? <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, the Celtics defeated the Knicks 108 to 104. Um, like you said, Jason Tatum and Pozingas were like the stars of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum pretty much played great. I love the fact that he was uh aggressive um going to the rim. I love the fact that he was going into his mid-range. He wasn't taking a lot of three-point shots. Pozingas, oh my God. Like yeah, all the booze just going in from the fans, and then he just responded by just he fits really well with the Celtics. Like he fits really well, like in terms of just picking and popping. He was he had what, like how many threes in the first quarter? He had fifteen points in the first quarter. So fifteen points in the first quarter. Uh, Przingis shot five of nine from the three in that game. So uh, yeah, five yeah he five. was unbelievable. Yeah, five of nine from three, um, nine of ten from the free throw line, eight uh eight of fifteen from the floor. Uh he was a plus thirteen, which is the highest on the team mm -hmm. that game. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, he him and Tatum was just great down uh, down the stretch. Um and then well, we got some other people that wasn't really great. Um like you expected like a really good game from Jalen Brown. And what you what you think about that? Because he was just like it just seems like he was like out there just playing just to prove that he's worth three hundred and three million dollars. Yeah, I think that that was my problem with Jalen Brown specifically in this game. He was forcing a lot um, and therefore he, you know, there was some turnovers there. Um, he was four of 11. Also, I can also say he did not get enough shots. I can say that, you know, I think that there are enough around where he shouldn't be equal to uh, Drew Holiday, who got 10 shots. 10 shots is great for Drew Holiday. I think he can get up to 12. 
Yeah. Jelly Bean, I thought, should have gotten up to about 16 shots. And I think that would have changed. He's an efficient scorer. You know, he could shoot the ball very well, as we all know. He was 4 and 11. You know, he possibly could have been 8 or 15, you know, with four more shots. We don't know that, you know. Um, so I, I would look for that. He also didn't didn't hit a three. Yeah. So, you know, he, he didn't play well, but he was still a plus eight. And we also have to keep in mind, uh, he had the highest total of assists and, and with five, and he had six rebounds. So yeah. he was active. You know, it's just that the shots weren't falling. But it's the first game of the season. I think that Jalen's going to settle in, you know, and, and as we know, you know, I think he does a little bit better than the next game. Um, but regardless, yeah, but regardless, he will still uh, he's going to have a hell of a season regardless with the with the addition to Christoph Porzingis on this team. Uh, it's going to do wonders um, for J, uh, JB's production. I agree with you 100%. It just felt like, you know, watching that game when I watched Jalen Brown, it just seemed like he just dribbles so much and just not passing out, even though he had, uh, like you said, like, you know, the highest assists, like five assists, and he was just like, wasn't like passing the ball. He was just making decisions for himself and just driving in and just trying to be aggressive. Like, it just felt like when I was watching Wednesday, I was like, why is he just like playing like he's just proving to people that he's worth this contract and all that? And he's definitely, um, you know, well deserved to him to get the money, but I just didn't see it. There was some countless turnovers too, and then he still can't dribble with his left hand, unfortunately. But I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just overreacting since it's just the first game, and JB usually plays, like you said, so much better than next games. Well, he doesn't. This is the thing. He, it's not that he's terrible with his left hand. I don't think that. I don't think he's mastered just yet how if you have a weakness and you are not elite at something when it comes to, let's say, i.e. dribbling, you know, uh, with with your left or leading with your left hand, your first or your second step or first and second step have to be the meanest thing in the league. So you have to make people still afraid of that first initial step Mm -hmm. that you have. And what he gets caught doing is dribbling one-on-one versus somebody so now someone sees that you're that you're struggling with your dribble and you give the defense an opportunity to settle in that is what Dylan brown has not clicked yet you don't need to let somebody settle in on your weakness what you need to do is make it a positive and make it a strength therefore i can i look good with my left the first uh couple moves let me make sure that that ball is either in someone else's hand for a shot or I'm at the rim, or I'm taking the shot, but at that first or second move, let me not dribble, dribble, dribble the ball out of um, the air out of the ball, you know, and let me just move quickly. If Jalen Brown moves quicker and he thinks like faster on his feet with the decision making and he makes and he makes elite decisions, then we're not talking about this anymore. It doesn't matter about his left now, you know. So that's what he has to learn, and hopefully, with the addition of KP and Drew. I think that throughout the season, what we're going to see is him settle in more and understand. I actually don't have to dribble the hell out of the ball. I can just, you know, yep. do a one-two and pass it off or the shots up. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. 
agree with you 100% on that. Because uh, with KP, it just makes it so much easier for Tatum and Brown to just go ahead and free flow going into the because they don't have to worry about double teams as much. And so is Pozingas. You don't have to worry about double teams because you have, have to figure out which one you're going to guard. You have to guard uh, Pozingas. You might have to guard Jason Tate. You might have to guard uh, Jalen Brown. You might have to guard Drew Holiday if he has a really good game. They're white. I mean, <laughs> there's so many components that you can't really draw double teams like that. Um, and then also, it just really depends if it really depends on the motivation of the Celtics because that same game, when they had like a 10, 15 point lead, they all, they just blew it twice. They blew it twice. Whether it's just trying to keep shooting a three point shot or they just leave the Knicks players open for threes and it yeah. quickly just becomes unbelievable down the stretch. So that's two games actually that uh, you can see they're struggling guarding the three. So what I need to see yep. from, from Boston is I need to see uh, them close out and switch better. They're not switching as quickly as they should be because one thing that teams do realize there is a lot, a lot more height. You're talking about, I think a six inch, uh, five or six inch difference in KP being in the middle um, versus uh, when we had Robert Williams or even Al Horford, you know, in the middle. Um, that's a lot of space and that's a lot of height to try to shoot over. So yep. what people are doing, what teams are doing is the players are, once that pick comes, that ball is in the air. And that's what happened in that New York game. The ball was in the air uh, because, in, as you remember, couldn't really get anything going in the paint because KP and it was was you know he was holding down the paint. He was making it difficult. He was blocking shots. I think he had a block shot. It was amazing. Um, and he was basically you know holding down that paint area and securing it, which was was a good great thing to see from all the things we've heard from KP, which I've watched KP since he's he's been drafted, so I know that he's actually a pretty good defender. Um, but mm-hmm. we, but th- the thing is, in this particular game, if you have the luxury of putting Drew Holiday on Julius Randle, and then you have, um, you know, then Jalen Brown, you're switching, you know, and everything like that. If you can get away with that, that is going to work wonders moving forward in the season and the playoffs because that is a cheat code because you have a lot of height already. If that height can be best utilized somewhere else, you're actually saving your guys. So I would like to see them when switches happen, them recover better. If they can recover better, then you will see a lot less teams, uh, you know, hitting those 50 percent three of from three. Uh, kind of game. Um, the recovery just has to be better. But it's a new team. Um, they're learning each other. KP is going to be better defensively. Um, and, you know, these guys are going to be better because now you have a five-guy unit of everyone that has their mm-hmm. niche when it comes to defense. They got that that thing, you know, you know exactly what they do. Tatum, he's just, he's becoming um, honestly elite. Um, at the defensive end, I think this is the year that he becomes as far as defense. Um, yes. Jalen Brown has got to get back to being a really good defender. Um, he he slacks off like a little bit sometimes, so we got to see him. Yeah, you know, uh, up in that order. And then Drew and and uh, Derek White are going to be a nightmare 
uh, on the perimeter. They're just going to be a nightmare to to have to deal with. Um, as as we've seen, um, it doesn't matter if you think you beat them; they are going to chase you down and and either block that shot or if they get if you're going to get fouled, they're going to make it count. So it's going to be hell for the league with those two guys because they've had very little time to gel and they look great together. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see, like in the uh, New York game, you see that they're like half court pressing whenever the guard comes up the court. And that's just, woo, that's scary for going against Holiday and uh, Derek White. The only thing that I will say is we seen in that Nick game that Derek White got into foul trouble. And that kind of was effective when he gets into foul trouble. So if there's a way they can avoid the foul trouble. Now, sometimes the referees don't get it right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they do get it right. But if they can find a way to avoid foul trouble, yeah, it is. You can't really do anything. Like Jalen Brunson had like good looks, but like he just couldn't really edit it because you have to worry about Derek. You have to worry about Jalen Brown. You might have to worry about Drew Holiday coming off the switch. But Drew Holiday, I gotta give him a lot of credit because he was just Julius Randle could not even do anything that night. He can do what he wanted to do. Like he likes to play a little bit of bully ball in the paint, and he couldn't really do that versus the Celtics. You know. Uh, which is great to see because usually um, you can bank on Julius Randle getting 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and having a hell of a game versus Boston. Uh, not too much, you know, uh, this game. And we have to talk about the addition of Kristaps uh, Przingis. Uh, what we saw in, you know, that first game defensively, but what we're going to see moving forward, you know, um, Kristaps Przingis likes blocked shots and his timing. He got he has really great timing with with blocked shots. A lot of guys like to block shots, but their timing is so off, and that's how they get into trouble. But Kristaps mm-hmm. is pretty good at using his his height, you know, using his size, and um, it's going to be really great to see because he moved very well that first game, and he actually because of his presence. He basically stopped the Knicks uh, players from wanting to get to the paint. They did not want to go. They said, Jesus Christ, you know, I can't shoot mm-hmm. over this guy. Then he's got these long arms, you know. So I really like that. And yeah. that is something uh, that, you know, we I will say that Robert Williams is a hell of a defender. And this this is not a knock to, to Robert Williams mm-hmm. because he was fantastic for us. But when you it, it but you could still yeah. shoot over Robert Williams. And you I don't think that people were scared yeah. to go into the paint with us with that second thought, like, damn, this dude's my um, he's gonna block my shot. This time they're like, I can't shoot over this dude and be good at blocking shots. Yeah. That is I I think gonna be a big plus for us, uh moving moving forward with KB. I agree with you. Um and hopefully he stays healthy though. Um we've seen last season how healthy when he's healthy, he's unbelievable. Both offense and defense. You have Al Holford, um, and no disrespect to Al Holford. Al Holford can defend, though, but you can still shoot over him um, if you're trying to hit a three or you try to get in the paint. Then you got Luke Cornette. <laughs> I'm not really high on Luke Cornette, though. And then, then you got Credo, uh, who definitely needs to get some playing time. I feel like he's a lot better than Cornette, but I think the thing with Credo is that he just cannot stay out of foul trouble. That's the only thing about Quetta because I'm high on him. So after Porzegas, it's like, okay, 
you have just a lack of bigs and that's going to suck. So you want to see Porzingis healthy the whole season. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the with the foul trouble with uh, uh kind of oh, I, I hey, with uh with how he plays because you're not going to he's not going to rack up six fouls, you know, in like every game. He's probably going to get three hard fouls and that should be his job honestly and he's he's simple and that's what you need you need a, a big that plays the game smart but simple you know they don't really need an all-star yep. you know pick off the bench they just need a guy that's young and that can move and that's going to play the right way and Keta has shown that in the preseason there was no reason why uh Luke Horner mm-hmm. got minutes that made no sense to me rotations were abysmal actually that was the one thing that i will say against uh joe you know uh joe, you know coach joe Mazzula. uh it was the rotations were horrendous i have to find a way to get paid richard open for a score he's a shooter he shoots very well he's a he's like 40 percent from the clip with, with the three if he can't do that he is pointless on this team i believe his name is banton on the team, um, yeah. Ben, mm-hmm. ben is a good uh, distributor of the basketball. He's up and coming. He's a yep. young guy. He, Peyton Richard can't be your point guard. He he can't because he can't yeah. operate space just yet. He doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't let it fly. Oh, Banton, a bigger guard, can get, maybe take some of that pressure away, set a pick, and just have just catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. And now you have that's it. Banton. You're right. You have Banton Pritchard, Reset, who I love, you know, and then uh um, Yes. And then Kevin. That's to me what should have been the rotation uh of that first game. I think we've seen enough where Peyton Pritchard probably shouldn't handle the ball, the basketball. Um I would like to see going forward Peyton Pritchard uh just play off ball. Off ball, Peyton Pritchard can probably get us 10 to 12 points consistently. I just don't see uh, him being the answer. I still think that there's a veteran that's missing, a veteran guard missing off that bench. Um, If we're, you know what's funny? I don't know how how great a shape this man is in, Mm -hmm. but if Rajon Rondo wants to come back for one last hurrah on this team, it would be amazing if Rajon Rondo would just come and be that guy. That is actually what Peyton Pritchard needs. Hey, if Peyton Pritchard can have someone like Rondo just c- continuously getting him in his in in position in his spots, that it would change the tra- the trajectory of that bench, you know, and and what he can provide. So there's a veteran guard that's definitely needed. Yes, you know. So hopefully they can uh they can shore up the bench. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, you know, Brad Stevens is not done making moves, so we don't know what. The next move he's going to make, he had a tremendous offseason just getting all these players and re-signing some players too as well. So we'll see what Brad Stevens is going to do. Now, in terms of the future of of the Boston Celtics, um, I think it's really high. I think mm-hmm. it's really hard for Boston because, you know, you Porzingis and Demon Brown, that chemistry, it's going to take time for them to adjust the chemistry uh, Drew Holiday, Derek White, all of them. Our starting five is really legit. Question is, 
you know, can the bench can stay productive and can stay consistent and be able to play their roles and provide like the best men as possible so that your star players can get some rest. Yeah. Um, so the health of Chris stops is very important. Um, but I also yep. think that if Chris Ops had to sit out a game or two or a week, you know, Al Horford being in that starting lineup with the addition of Drew Holiday also being in the starting lineup, we would still have business as usual. You know, we're going to win a lot of games based off of the strength of yep. him and Brown and Derek White and Drew Holiday. We're going to win a lot of games because yep. the, our core guys... Mm-hmm. They're just elite at this, at, at basketball. They've played elite level of basketball. So I'm not necessarily concerned about our production, you know, um, and what we're going to get. Long as KP plays 65 plus games, no, no major injuries, and he goes into the playoffs healthy, who cares? You know, you know, we're, we're, we'll be fine. We need one piece, one more piece. I don't think this is the roster. This is the bench, excuse me that goes into the second half of the season. I don't believe it. And I know that as smart as Brad Stevens is, I know he knows this. So I know he's working the numbers. He's working what he can do, you know, to see uh, what can be done. I think that there are some obvious uh, answers, you know. Um, I'm going to keep saying this. A lot of people don't understand why I keep pushing it, but I'm going to keep pushing John Wall on the bench of the Boston Celtics. I'm going to keep pushing it. That is a man that if he gives you 12 minutes, we're not talking about all-star John Wall. We are talking about a veteran John Wall who was in great shape today who could come off the bench and give you 12 to 15 minutes um, off that bench when when needed. And he's going to get guys open. He also can still get to the rim. This man is not old and he's not, uh, you know, out of shape and can't play anymore. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but watch his videos, watch his progression. You know, I think that he still has a lot left in the tank, especially to give a, a veteran team like this and a championship contending team. And that's who I would want to see on that bench. I think that one move, that one move of a veteran guard, our trajectory in the playoffs is even better than what we already uh, assumed it would be um, in the beginning of the season. And the last season, hopefully you in this, please go get John Wall. <laughs> please give us one more piece that can fit this team that will be able to take us further into the playoffs because we don't need that last year disappointment against the Miami Heat. We need to win championships. This is championship or bust this season, please, Brad Stevens, make your magic work. That's all on the Saturday. So, yeah. Um, the first episode of the Celtics Rewind. Y'all can find the Celtics Rewind on the Who's Faces website. We'll give you the link and all that too, um, in the comments below. And then you can also find it on the Who's Faces YouTube channel as well. And then in the future, you're going to find it on different podcast platforms we're going to spread this out we are going to spread this out this is all things boston celtics this is the best boston celtics content you will get absolutely any any last words you want to say that uh go boss and uh just listen tatum is on a, on a tear right now he, he very good uh from the field uh, i mean it's very he looks different i see midi tatum in rare form 
Uh, shout out to Tatum. I, I think that he's got a great shot at MVP this season. Yep. Yep. I mean, Tatum, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and go off the web. I, I think Tatum's going to win it this year. I think this is the year of Jason Tatum. He has to win that MVP. Now, Jokic is in the conversation. Um, Luke is always going to be in the conversation. I think this is the year of Jason Tatum, and he's going to send. He's going to get that MVP. So Jason Tatum with MVP this season. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, this is it for the Celtics Rewind. I'm JP. I am not the GM. And we'll see y'all later. All right. Later, guys.